Kukulkan. 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 Is a god today. Doesn't mean I read books. Glory to Hanuman. Remember when Marvel was good? When was that? <laughs> How far back? <laughs> How far back do you want me to remember? Yeah, it. I mean, to be honest, not all of Phase 4 was bad to me. Yeah, there were, there were moments. But people talk about it now, like it, Marvel's dead and everybody's sick of these movies. You know? Well, you know there's a... But they're still making money. Yeah. You know there's a bit of a truth to it when uh, even Kevin Feige says, we're going to turn it down a little bit. Just rein it back just a little bit. Focus on quality rather than quantity. Great idea. Every, everyone's on board with that. Yeah. They just got rid of one of the executive producers that have been around since the beginning, Victoria Alonso. Damn. It's insane, actually. Because she was one of like the, the, like, I called them the Holy Trinity. It was Kevin Feige, Victoria Alonso, and uh, the other guy. Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know who you're talking about. I just can't remember his name. Uh, Louis De- Louis Desposito. I think there's an A in there. Yeah. So Louis Desposito was the third, and Victoria Alonso's been around as long as Louis's been around, and she's gone. What's I, this? I can't believe it. Like I'm, I'm actually kind of mind blown about it. Was there some some drama? Was there some? I don't know the drama. I wish I could call my inner contact at Marvel and be like, hey, yo, what happened to Vicky? For our failures here, we have to cut one head off the snake. Yeah. That's okay. I'm uh, sure she'll be all right. There, there's a rumor going around that she perpetuated the toxic environment that Marvel... Oh, the VFX stuff. Yeah. I did read about that. How she alienated all those VFX companies. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I did read about that. Very difficult to work with was the quote I saw. VFX people get but cur- curbed anyway yeah yeah hopefully that that's out in the open now there will be a yeah some change yeah and everybody's wondering why do the vfx suck today and it's because all the major vfx studios that were good that like worked on all the early 2000s stuff have been bought up by all the major corporations like disney and warner brothers and so forth so and then they just turn out less good quality because they're overinflated now Speaking of overinflated, let's talk about the movie we're talking about today. Today we're talking about another Marvel venture. The latest, it's actually been probably a month since we have seen it. Saw it since it came out. It's called Ant Man and the Wasp. And the Wasp. Quantumania. Quantumania. <laughs> Is it actually Ant Man and the Wasp? Quantumania. Yeah, it's as much Wasp the story as it is. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Ant Man. I know. That's what, that's, what I'm <laughs> that's a funny joke. Yeah. In fact, Evangeline Lilly probably had the least to do, mm-hmm. to be honest. At least, like in terms of range, well, we got we probably we got some emotion out of her. There, but we had a new haircut. <laughs> that's true. There's also though like a, a double meaning, a double entange, entange, bon ton, uh, behind the fact that both Ant Man and the Wasp can apply to both Hank Pym and Scott Lang. And Janet and the other one. Evangeline. Evangeline. <laughs> yeah, that is true. So so it's Michelle Pfeiffer as much as it they is. They should have called it two Ant Man, two Wasp, <laughs> Quantumania. <laughs> two Quantum and Cassie. Yeah. So we've had some time to mull over this film. We I've molded I've it's like really mold for me. <laughs> it's moldy. It's moldy. Yeah. It is no longer mold, it's mold. There's so much to say about it. 
Yeah. I've never been more... Well, I mean, it's not the worst Marvel film, but I've never felt like there was a more missed opportunity yeah. in Marvel's catalog. 100%. It's a, a, a day after I saw it, within hours, and it's maintained this status for me. It's at the bottom of my list, unfortunately. I want to say, it doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. I'll probably watch it again at some point in my life. Yeah. It's an enjoyable film. It's fun. It's enjoyable. There's there's some really interesting, quirky, weird aspects. Mm-hmm. I just think that it is the one of the lowest tier works, films or televisions, that Marvel has ever put out because of a couple reasons that we'll talk about soon it's true all of it quantumania i mean this doesn't even we don't need to recap the story because there is none there's a little story i mean it is important to know in in a sentence what happened here because it is the first of the you go well it's essentially the reveal of our next big villain (gasps) who's supposed to be with us for what two or three years i think they extended the next phase a little yeah i don't know but the the quick scoop is that Janet Van Dyne, I think we saved her in the last movie. We got her out of the quantum realm. <laughs> I don't remember the second film at yeah, all. Yeah, they pull, think, they, they pull her out. Yeah, they pull her out. I think Lawrence Fishburne was in there too. Yeah. And we are post-Endgame, post-Blip. Everyone's back. Happy family all together. Cassie is now a super genius. Apparently. And she's developed tech to go into the quantum realm or more like a satellite. And then they get pulled into the realm. Well, she was working with Hank. The whole yeah, time. That's true. They, they really made that a point. But they get sucked in. She had an idea. <laughs> to the quantum realm. And they find out that Janet has a dark and mysterious past Ooh. inside the quantum realm. Because she was down there for, what, 30 years yeah, Earth time? a long time. And we are Thousands shown... years. Yeah, <laughs> a long time. Quantumania time. It's unclear how Having quantum sex realm... with <laughs> Bill Murray. <laughs> he was more charming back then. But he... Uh, we come to know her history with this this other guy named Kang, and we get to learn more about him through a few flashbacks with Janet. He's at first this kind of sympathetic lost wanderer, this, this traveler who is very high tech. And then uh, it's come to be shown that he is a... Conqueror. Genocidal despot. Yeah. Uh, a multiversal conqueror and a murderer of, of entire timelines. A world killer. But for good reason. In fact, I like his motive more than Thanos's motive so far. They both have where he's like, a motive. he's like, I have to. He's like, <laughs> and and that's a better reason than yeah. let's snap out half of the existence. Like he he really feels like he has to, like it, like he, because he can't not because it's already happened. You know. Yeah, he alludes to having seen this ultimate outcome of the universe, mm-hmm. and he alludes to it being very bad. But mm-hmm. that's the extent of his argument when he's talking about taking over and being a conqueror and being a murderer. And Kang is the best thing in this movie, we should yeah. say. Jonathan Majors as Kang. This guy is... Chef's, chef's kiss. Yeah. Yeah. This is this guy is my favorite If it wasn't part. for him, this movie would be the absolute worst. It'd, yeah. be, it'd be worse than Captain Marvel. Yeah, Captain Marvel. He carries it on his big, bouldery shoulders. <laughs> My man is large. And even in this movie, they clothe him in his Kang costume. He's draped. You can see his muscles when he tears his sleeves at the end. And then he's in, you know, Creed. You get a, he's doing a movie later this year where he's a bodybuilder. Mm. It's going to be crazy. Anyway, he's a great actor to boot. He conveys so much emotion with his eyes. So you really get the sense of Kang's, like, this deep, 
forlorn. Like, <laughs> He's so good. Yeah, it's crazy. It's insane. Anyway... They decide they have to stop him because he's kind of taken over the quantum realm, trying to get back to, you know, out of the quantum realm. <laughs> he was, it turns out he was banned. Yeah, he got sent there. A council of Kangs. In a post credit scene, we see the council of Kangs, and he's trapped in the quantum realm because Janet blew up his multiversal engine core. So the film, he gets Ant Man to rebuild it for him or to fix it by going even more quantum. He was always supposedly a little dwarfed as far as his powers. Like, he never had his full power here in this movie. That should be noted. Ant-Man? Or Kang. Kang. Yeah. Because he gets defeated, and everyone's like, oh, Kang's not that intimidating because Ant-Man beat him. But they really made a point of it to make sure that you understood that he was he, he, he was like on a, on a crutch, basically, the whole time. Yeah, in the big Rise of Skywalker third act, Kang <laughs> gets run down by ants. He gets run down by an army of ants. It is the Rise of Skywalker. It's a big, bombastic Trans- CGI battle. Transformers, Rise of Skywalker with ants. Yeah. And then he's uh, he gets defeated and like busted up into the... He does get busted. The engine core goes nuclear again and he gets trapped. We don't know if he's alive or dead. He's probably around. But we will see more of Jonathan Majors because of you know all the other Kangs that we'll get to see in the future. Yeah. And they're all psychotic. Yeah. Right here, we're going to play a song. It's a it's a song uh, recommendation, something that we're listening to right now. Linkin Park put out a new song. Oh yeah, which is kind of cool. Uh, it's called Lost, and it's from Meteora. It was like an old B track that they never released. It's good to hear Chester again. So let's play that song from Linkin Park. It's basically from it's Kang's theme song from Quantum <laughs> Lost. Thousand three, but it's actually twenty twenty three. So it's the 20 lyrics years actually later. work really well for a Kang yeah. inspired track. <laughs> so and we're back. We're gonna talk about Quantumania and what the hell happened? What the hell happened? What the hell happened? What the hell happened, Gabe? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I just know how I feel about it. I can tell you my feelings or what I think happened from the right up front. What do you think happened? When you have your main protagonist character begin and end in the exact same place you know there's something wrong 
not even really knowing if he's defeated the villain, not even knowing if he's progressed, not seeing any progression at all in the character emotionally, physically, there's no change, then it's a bad story. It's a bad movie because it's a bad story. So that's what it is, is Scott Lang, Paul Rudd, which Paul Rudd's amazing. He's all, he's even good in this. This was like the, the more, a little less jokey side of Paul Rudd. It's more like him acting as a little hard out. Um, <laughs> but he begins and ends in the exact same spot. And the only real stakes is that he's he wants his time back with his daughter. And he expresses that. And they, they really had a good setup there. But there was no payoff because nothing changes. He doesn't get the time back. He might have had a little bit more of a like a, a tiny little bonding moment between him and his daughter, where now she can like you know, well no nothing, nothing changed. <laughs> I was gonna say she can tolerate being around him a little bit more, but <laughs> but that's not it because she the whole time she was working on the device, you know, so that she would never have to be separated from him ever again. She has always tolerated him, so I don't know. Yeah, nothing nothing changed, and. The story when you're in the quantum zone and fighting Kang, like there were kind of stakes because there are people down there that matter. You know, they they make you try to have sympathy for them and uh, some other stuff. I don't know, but but ultimately, it's kind of like it would have been better. It would have been a lot stronger of a film if Paul Rudd had stayed in the quantum zone, or if he died, or if like something happened where it really showed that like he was the line that he has, which is so good and so effective in the trailers, which is like, I don't have to win. I just have to make both of us lose or whatever it is. And he truly made it. So both of them lost. It would have been such a a much more effective film. They could have easily killed him in this movie and had Cassie just like super like mournful in the end. And then everybody would be like, Oh, like who killed Ant-Man? You know, like, cause and then that kind of starts to perpetuate the Kang Dynasty Avengers setup that we're going forward. But they didn't do that. They like, he's he's back above ground. Nothing changed. Anyway, that's my little rant. And yeah. it's really sad because like, like you said, it was a huge missed opportunity. Yeah, big fake out too because he does get trapped in the quantum realm for about a minute or two after making the, you know, apparent sacrifice. And I think I read, maybe you can correct me on this, that he was, the ending was initially that he was trapped there and they redid it or had the alternate become the main because it was testing poorly or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Big missed opportunity. A lot of these issues for me stem from the way they wrote Kang. Like everything else around Kang felt like it would work if the villain was written in a more interesting way. Huh. Like they set him up to be sympathetic and stuff, but there's a heel turn at some point where he just becomes like a cartoon and he's not a threat and he's not playing, like you said, with that question of time. Mm -hmm. Like for instance, when he captures Scott and Cassie, he goes straight to, I'm going to kill you if you don't help me instead of, you know, manipulating them, which would have been a great little piece of character development or to show you his, at least his intelligence. Mm -hmm. Kang in this movie is just an oaf with laser cannons for arms and a lot of tech that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's such a wasted opportunity. Because like I said, you see in the beginning, like there's when he crash lands in the Janet flashbacks, it's like he has this kind of manipulative but still 
sympathetic side, and then he loses that completely right. once Ant Man and him meet. Yeah, and then yeah, he's never really he never really feels like a threat, and there are no stakes. <laughs> and it's just there's no a lot one, of no one is grilling steak. A lot of tonal anywhere. whiplash, which yeah. is unfortunate because I actually like the comedy in this film more than I did some of the re- previous entries like Love and Thunder. Like some of the jokes here were, were actually pretty funny, um, but but overall just doesn't know what it's trying to do. Also, my first thought leaving the theater was that the editing was a major issue, and I think I I told you about that. It's such it's such like we're cutting constantly between these scenes. Nothing really has a chance to kind of sit and develop. And so much is happening so quickly. Yeah, it's interesting that you point that out. I, I do feel like Jeff Ford, who's their main go-to editor, he's, he edited all the Avengers films, all the Cap- Captain America films. He edited Werewolf by Night. He also edited um, and probably saved the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, made it actually better than it was. But he, it seems like anything he's not working on, like Marvel has a hard time actually making. Uh, he also did Silver War, I think. So, yeah, it's... It's, uh, well, oh yeah, it's Catherine Murray. But yeah, it editing is definitely a huge problem. I think Marvel is at a detriment trying to get good editors that know what they're doing. Yeah, and I, I don't, you know, entirely blame the editor because the script is like, you're only executing on what you have. But yeah, I think there's, there, you could probably make a, a much better cut with what you did <laughs> versus what we got. Well, like I, like I said, I mean, honestly, would you have felt differently if Ant-Man dies at the end? Yeah, 100%. Like, I think the movie would have been like, at least a letter grade stronger, you know? Yeah, because, well, and you mentioned earlier how there wasn't really, like, a change from start to finish. Yeah. For me, it seems like what they were setting up was Ant-Man was coming out of this kind of nascent malaise, this lackadaisical nature after Endgame where he's just, like, resting on his laurels. And, like, the whole first act of the film is, like, his family, specifically Cassie, telling him, like, you can't stop being a hero. You have to keep, you know, doing these things and, and fighting for people. And then he does that at the end... And it's great, and then everything loses its steam after you know his sacrifices unwound, and they bring him back. So, yeah, if he had died, or even if he had not died and just been trapped in the quantum realm, like with or without the wasp with him, it would have it would have really stuck the landing. You still would have had a lot of Kane problems in my in my mind. Like Kang would have still been a a, a missed opportunity, but but I think the film would have would have landed in a much better way and it yeah. definitely would have set up you know future films you would have you would have had like not only an, uh, a vested interest in this property but like you'd be like oh kang is for real now there's there's stakes there's consequences it's mm-hmm. not just another you know nothing entry in the mcu <laughs> plus paul Rudd's, you know he's had his time i love the man but i think he's explored what he can with that character at this point i disagree yeah. I just think it's the writing and the story. I think there's a lot more to... They could have done a lot with the character and they didn't. And that's that's the feeling I think we're expressing over and over again. Yeah. Well, if they had done that in this film, I think they could have let him go. Or just have him stuck, you know, and one day we'll see him again. Well, I mean, the big thing is gearing up for Secret Wars. I mean, I think they're planning to bring back, like, Chris Evans' Cap. Like RDJ is Iron Man. I think everyone is coming back for Secret Wars. Yeah, yeah. I think we're gonna see in Secret Wars. We're gonna see every. I heard Feige's trying to get every single character that has ever existed into that movie. So I Ed Norton. <laughs> no, 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 no. Sorry, I mean like every Marvel character. Right. Not a, not every iteration. There might be other iterations. 
we could see Chris Evans as Human Torch. You know, you never That'd know. That'd be dope. Yeah. But like, you know, all I'm saying is that like we could have seen Paul Rudd die and then like some sort of reunion with Paul Rudd and Secret Wars with his daughter and it would have been a better story. Yeah, that would have been great for Cassie's arc too. Yeah. If she comes to have a deeper Then you can give Cassie some sort of arc. <laughs> yeah. Apparently her, her, her name is Stature. Her uh, hero name? Hero name. What? Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like it? No. Yeah. I didn't make it up. It's not my fault. Stature. Yeah. Anyway, this is, I don't know what else to say about this film. Um, other than it's, it's very low on my list. I, I, I have a running list of all Marvel ventures and, um, it's unfortunate. It was sad. I also really, really missed Luis in this film. Michael Pena. Michael Pena. I think, again, another missed opportunity. You could have had him in the quantum zone with everybody else just making jokes. And it would have been a more fun, uh, more alleviated tone throughout the whole film. And like, imagine him meeting that like gang of with the ooze people, and like he would have just been like, <laughs> what? like he'd just been freaking out the whole time, you know? Like, what's that? What's this? You know, it'd have been it would have been a lot of fun. But instead, they decided not to include him. But I think he is one of the the heart and soul members of of the Ant Man films, and I think not including him in this was a a uh, a problem. Yeah. I also didn't like the narration, like the VO in the beginning and the end. Yeah. That really bothered me. Felt like an afterthought. It definitely was an afterthought. I was like, how do we fix this? Well, we can write VO and have Paul Rudd come in and do pickups. So anyway, Ant-Man. Had a cool uh, theme, though, in my opinion. Both the ending credits song. But there was this cool, I think it was part of Kang's theme. I think that's Um, just, that's been in the Ant-Man movies before, though. Really? Yeah. Dang. I just have no recollection of these movies. I just watched them again recently, so. Well, whatever it is, it was kind of cool. I try to watch these movies every two to three years, which is kind of insane. All of them? Yeah. Nice. That's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's only getting more. I know. Well, here we go. Here's maybe one of those themes right here at the end. Yeah. 